0: Hello cocktail lovers, welcome to Paris Cocktail Talk, the show brought to you by the 52 Martinis Guide to Paris Cocktail Bars. I'm Forrest Collins, and I'm here to talk to you about the trends and traditions of drinking in France. So I have really seen lately an explosion of hard seltzers, and so I thought it would be really interesting to get somebody here into the studio to talk to us a little bit about, about, um... Heart seltzers in general and launching them in france and how they are kind of being um you know regarded by the by the french drinking public so so i brought steve from two Palm seltzer
1: into the studio
0: hi thanks for joining us
1: thanks for having me Forrest.
0: can you give just to first give the listeners a little bit about your background um just in terms of your what you do for the company before we launch into talking about seltzer
1: Sure. Um, Two Palms, uh, I'm, I'm one of the co-founders of Two Palms. I founded it, and my name is Steve Vatia, um, I founded it with uh, Derek O'Neill who's uh, an Australian, obviously with my accent, I'm English, uh, or American, um, and uh, with French nationality. And uh, Derek uh, is Australian, as I said. Um, he's a former CEO of Billabong uh, International and the founder of Visla, or the co-founder of Visla, which is a, a brand in the surfwear industry. Um, both of us have lived in the Southwest, uh, on and off for almost 30 years. Um, Derek did a stint back in Australia when he was running Billabong. And uh, I took a year off in 2015 16 and moved back to the States. And uh, it was there, in uh, living in San Francisco, that I saw the first sort of launch of hard seltzer. And um, I had, in taking a year off, I I worked on the kind of US distribution of a wine brand that I started with uh, Pierre Roostegi and Beaurets um a Cote de Provence brand called Cor Clementine and uh, we started that in 2008 and um so I I'm very familiar with the alcohol distribution in the states as well as in France as our our brand is sold kind of all over France anyhow uh, kind of fast moving forward um uh, as my kids graduated from high school in France, uh, they went to university in the States. One in 2015, and the other in 2016. Um, and you know, I saw the kind of the movement of hard seltzer hit them in in the university drinking scene, uh, which is it's it's you know, a big part of the culture in the U.S. Uh, not that different than France. But uh, they, you know, as as my wife and I moved back to France uh, in 2000 into 2016, while the boys came home over holidays and, and uh, you know, in the summer, you know, they talked a lot about the hard seltzer scene, and, and my wife and I would go out back to the States every summer since then, uh, back to uh, back to Idaho, and Derek back to Australia. Um, in about 2019, the market here was really, started to get flooded in the States with, with hard seltzers and every beer brand uh, started uh, down the path of developing hard seltzers. Uh, obviously, the biggest is White Claw, which is um, came out of uh, a Boston brewing. Um, and uh, th- you know, by 2019, I think uh, White Claw had over 56% of the market in the U.S. and uh, which was huge. And meanwhile, back in France, there was really nothing going on. And uh, in 2000. Uh, summer of 2020 uh, from an investment perspective I started looking at possibly doing something in France with it and uh, I looked uh, just at the general scope of the market and at that time there was only one brand uh, on the French market and that was Snowmelt which was uh, being done out of Florida in the States and then uh, imported into into France and um, uh, come october um, i you know Derek and I had worked uh, and invested in uh, a few different companies over the last twenty years and uh, out of the blue, uh, he called me in late October and said, "You know what are you looking at right now and uh, I was kind of in the later stages of of looking at investment in one of the companies in France and uh, that I really liked and still do like very much uh you know they 've done a really good job on the market um, but Uh, Derek you know he put forth an idea that was a little bit different to what was going on and asked if I'd be interested in investing with him in starting a brand Um, which you know Derek and I have a a really good rapport and and we've had uh, some good success in the past and it was very difficult to pass up he came down that was on a Friday afternoon and he came down and we worked over the weekend on the brand concept and uh, by Monday um, I think we had everything you know, kind of in, in line of where we wanted to go with it. And uh, the only caveat that I had was is I didn't want to run the company. Uh, that I said we would find somebody to run the company and we would be the back end kind of support. And, you know, the brand needed to be young and, uh, you know, uh, bring and hire people within our target market demographic, which is, you know, the 20, 20 to 30 year old uh, group. Yeah. So, so that's how it started
0: hmm So it sounds like you just, you really recognized, I mean, I think it's hard not to have recognized this incredible, like, growth in the hard seltzer sector in the U.S. and in, in, um, in the UK and in Ireland, and uh, kind of recognized the possibility for that in France. Now, I think for some of our listeners. Uh, I don't know if everybody is, you know, we've heard about hard seltzer, hard seltzer, but I, I don't know if some people are exactly sure what it is. So can you just go back to basics and tell the listeners, what is a hard seltzer?
1: So, yeah, absolutely. Um hard seltzer essentially is a, a sparkling water or a, a seltzer. Um, seltzers existed in, in the U.S. for a long time. It was used... Uh, essentially you would add oxygen to a shaker with water in it and get a a sparkling water and use that uh, to either drink naturally like that or mix into cocktails so hard seltzer is is made in two different ways Um, you can brew it like a beer uh, which is the craft way or you can uh, kind of go down the path of just mixing a a hard alcohol uh, and such as vodka or ethanol um or gin and then infuse that with flavors and then inject it with uh a sparkling water or water with oxygen and then can it uh or bottle it um our our method is uh essentially we 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 take the craft beer route um the craft brewing route uh, we use uh a general you know just like a, a general brewing um facility and uh, we take water uh cane sugar and <clears throat> and a uh, yeast. In our particular case, um, we've used uh, all natural yeast, and everything that we do is a natural process. So we start with the general brew, um, you know, the water and cane sugar and yeast, and let that ferment uh, for approximately 14 to 21 days. At the end, we have a, uh, a carbonated... Um, uh, base product that has zero sugar as the sugar is converted into alcohol and uh, very light in calories and as uh, z- you know, it's gluten-free. We're not using hops or, or barley or anything and uh, from that base, we'll then work uh, with um, natural flavors. So we we work with a company down in Grasse in the southeast of France that's uh, in the perfume industry, and uh, we bring in um in, in our case, three different flavors that uh, that we'll 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 use. Um, one is uh, lime, uh, lemon, and lime, and uh, we'll add those flavors, and then we'll go ahead and can uh, the product. So, <clears throat> on the market these days, you'll see a lot of, of the, in France in particular, a lot of the big uh, alcohol brands and beer brands have come out with hard seltzers, and those are generally the ones you'll see that are made with a base alcohol and not made in the the craft brew. Way craft brewing method, and it's not to say that one is better than the other, they're just a different flavor profile, and you you definitely taste the difference and I would encourage a consumer to go out and and check out the different ones I think at the very base you have a a somewhat very much chemical based product uh, in Topo Chico which is done by Coca-Cola which is kind of what you'd expect and on the opposite end you have products like ours um, that are more naturally made, and in the middle you have beer brands like Asahi, that have, uh, they have um, a brand called um, Viper, uh, Heineken has Pure Piranha, uh, Pernod Ricard has B-Wiz. Um, they're all kind of made in the more uh, uh, alcohol-infused way. And then there's ours. there's Aqua, there's Nats um, th- in France that are found in France that are made in, from traditional brewing.
0: Do you see or have you noticed a difference being familiar with the um, hard seltzer market in the U.S. and here? Do you see a difference? Is there more of a tendency for French brands to do this brewing yourselves or the U.S. brands or kind of no general patterns that you see between uh, approaches to the to the making of hard seltzer in the two different countries?
1: Um, I, I think it's it's pretty similar Uh it, it, the interesting thing is is there are always consumers interested in the craft side and then there are the, the you know the consumers that are interested in the, the you know it doesn't really matter as long as it's got alcohol and it tastes good and so mm-hmm. I think that there's um, room in the marketplace for both uh, you know the big difficulty I think the big hurdle in France uh, as opposed to the US Australia and the UK is education and educating the consumer on what hard seltzer is um, and I th- you know I th- there was a many articles, there were many articles that came out uh, in April and May of last year talking about the explosion that's coming in the summertime on hard seltzers. And I think that scared uh, those involved in the uh, in, in the governing bodies of alcohol in France. And the first thing that they did was impose a heavy tax on hard seltzers uh, that is not traditional. You know, beer you're looking at a 4 to 5% uh, by volume on tax. And hard seltzer, they, they imposed a tax of 28% per wow. liter. Which is, yeah, it's, it, it essentially added uh, you know, a huge uh, price increase of what everybody estimated the prices were and were going to be. So in France, um, hard seltzers cost uh, generally more than beer. Uh, and it's uh, not the same in the U.S., Australia, and the U.K., and I, I, I think as the consumer gets educated and the brands start getting some clout in the marketplace, hopefully that can change. There'll be some lobbying from the bigger brands and the smaller brands, and and uh, it'll you know price-wise it'll become more accessible to consumers. And in the meantime. Um, brands like Coca-Cola and Reno, you know, Pernod Ricard, they can they can eat the margin and, and just go after market share. Whereas for us and, and the smaller brands, you know, we, we need to stay alive. We do need to make some margin, but we have sacrificed that for the most part just to just to try to maintain uh, a position within you know the the uh, pricing window uh, for the consumer.
0: That's super interesting to me, and I I think it's just an example of kind of how the behind the scenes, um, governmental regulators and, you know, just the people that pull the strings behind the scene control control kind of what we end up eating and drinking, you know, in, in these very subtle ways. It's kind of crazy. I had no idea about that, and I don't buy a lot of hard seltzer here, so I wasn't really, I'm not really keyed in on what the price point is generally for a hard seltzer, but My guess is it's not deterring a lot of makers because I do see, you know, when I first started looking into this, I just saw a couple made here in France, and I feel like I'm seeing more and more. So, um, so yeah, it feels like there's something driving that still that that desire to make it or the desire to consume it. I I I don't
1: don't know. Yeah, right now. Well, right now, it's it's yeah, it's priced generally right now at at the craft beer level. So you if you go and buy an individual can, you're looking anywhere from a euro fifty to uh, two euros fifty per can, or you know just under three euros per can. Uh, or bottle. Some Some people are bottling, which brings up a great qu- question, you know, that in the States, uh, 100% of the hard seltzers are in cans. Uh, same with Australia. And the UK, it's about 80%. And when we launched um, in April of 2021, uh, we were one of the few that were using cans, uh, you know, people for ecological reasons, or just generally the French Uh, culture do not drink out of cans, as they say in restaurants and bars. And so, um, you know, we're we're facing an uphill battle with that. Uh, you know, we believe the, the ecological argument with can is better than a bottle right now um, for many reasons, uh, but you know, arguments can be had on both sides. But uh, in general, um, the way that the product sits uh, in the supermarket shelf is um, next to the craft beer section. And, uh, and majority of the product that you see on the shelves these days is in cans, which is good.
0: It's great because I do think it's been a hard push to get uh, the French consumer to jump in on the on the cans. And I think that it's thanks to, I mean, my, in my opinion, I'm not a craft beer expert, nor am I an expert on French consumers. But I think that the craft beer uh, movement probably had a lot to do with that because there's been such a move, you know, in the U.S. and in, and in the U.K. And, and Australia, I assume, uh, and a lot of Anglophone countries to be putting these craft beers into cans. So I think hopefully that's a bit of a gateway for other, other drinks I mean I don't know if we'll ever see canned wine really take off in France but uh, but yeah I think that it's it's slowly moving and a younger generation is um, taking taking that on board for eco reasons and other other reasons like that um, so very interesting um, yeah now
1: I, go might, on. I might I might add that the the the, the, the thing that seems to be the driving force with hard seltzer in France is the fact that it's lower in alcohol and lower in calories. Most of the brands um, that are doing it in the natural way that we're doing it have the ability to, uh, to do it essentially you know, sugar-free or very low sugar, which means very low calories. And from a lifestyle standpoint, and you see all the consumer trends right now, it seems to be moving towards people with, uh, you know, it's certainly in our target demographic, uh, a concern about uh, the lifestyle uh, aspect of, you know, consuming alcohol or low alcohol drinks. So hard seltzer is kind of driving that category. And we're seeing also a, a big increase in lower alcohol beers and no alcohol beers and spirits. And it's, it's, really interesting to see the younger consumer that's educating themselves and kind of moving in that direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, the show that's come out right before this one, it is an interview with somebody who's um, producing a non-alcoholic beer. So I do think from everything I see, both in Anglo cultures and here in France, there's definitely a move, especially with younger generations, to to be drinking lower alcohol, to be drinking non-alcoholic things. So you know, I think it's it's a, a time where you could be primed for for that to be um, to for there to be a market for that. Now, um, your particular, I think that um, you've got uh, branding around yours and, and your location. kind of got this surf feel to me. Do you want to talk to the to the listeners a little bit about that? I think that it also might. Oh, I think I'm getting some some um, interference. I think are there paper shuffling?
1: No, uh I'm I'm actually next to a river, so it might be it ah. might be that blurring through.
0: Oh good. Okay, that uh, sounds very
1: nice. So um yeah, our background uh we we launched with this you know very specific uh targeted consumer and a targeted market. Um we're based in the southwest of France, uh, myself in the Basque country and Derek in Leland, and uh our company's based in Bidar next to Biarritz. Um we when we came together to form the company, um, we came, at, came in with a mission to bring in athletes and influencers from the area, from the surf culture and sport culture. So um, we, uh, we brought in and have co-investors in the company, uh, Teddy Thomas, uh, you a know, pretty popular rugby star um, in France, uh, Jeremy Flores, uh, you know, an Olympian and one of France's greatest ever surfers, along with Michel Berres, uh Mickey Picon. And Philippa Hamilton, and so um, we uh, these are you know not just names uh, on our investor plate, but they're people who are actively involved in in pushing the brand and kind of all all facets of uh, of the markets that you know and, and demographics that uh, that they encompass. Um, our our launch was really concentrated on Bordeaux down to uh, down to Saint Jean de Luz, and to focus on restaurants and bars um, to get the consumer educated uh, on the product because it was a new product. And we you know we specifically targeted summer '21, and uh, we opened in a, essentially um, 150 bars and restaurants from Bordeaux down to Saint Jean de Luz, and then we um, we sold into uh, Leclerc and Intermarché a regional and uh, the product did really well and we were greatly surprised by it. Um, we brew down uh, we brew down in the southwest as well um, and the product is purely a, a Southwest product and the surf vibe is is more about being an, uh, more of an active outdoor culture for us uh, an a- out- outdoor lifestyle if you will um, so being in shape uh, eating well uh, you know keeping your, your calorie count down, and uh, so that's been the, the marketing focus, the branding focus, the color palette that we've chosen, and really the investors that we've chosen.
0: And I think that's very cool, because I think that's something that sometimes people, or probably many people outside of France that Americans don't realize, they definitely don't think of France and surfing together, but there's quite a large surfing population in the Southwest. And I know a lot from, you know, back in the, in the, in the old days of surfing, um, surfers, you, American surfers who retired down there. So I think it's kind of, I think it's this very cool um, merging of two different cultures uh, that you've got going on there. I really like it. Um, is there anything it's, else? Go on.
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, Derek and I have been involved in, in building products for not just that culture, but the, the target age demographic. Um, and, you know, my background is, is like Derek's, you know, I worked together with him at Billabong 25 years ago. And, uh, but mm-hmm. I worked in the, in the skate, uh, sneaker culture fashion side of things. And so, um, both of us have, uh, uh, you know, a great background in marketing to, you know, sort of 18 to 35 year olds. And we feel we're, we, we, we feel comfortable within that market space. And um, so this was a natural for us to, you know, to develop a product, but I think, and, and a brand in this space, but uh, both of us believe that, uh, you know, the brand must be driven by, uh, by a, a, you know, that target demographic. So we've really set out in hiring and, and, and working with a, a younger uh, management team and, and staff and, and um, that really embody the brand.
0: Well, I think you've done a really nice job of it. I like the packaging. And I think the product is very is, is, is very interesting. And I personally, I know it's different strokes for different folks, but if I'm going to go for a hard seltzer, I actually do prefer the ones that are brewed as opposed to the ones that are um, spirit mixed with sparkling water, because I'm going to say something very controversial probably, but I don't really understand why you would do that why you would buy that as opposed to maybe just mixing some vodka and with sparkling water. But that is another, I'm sure podcast debate to be had, but, um, uh,
1: can of worms.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. And I'm like, okay, I've only got a few minutes left in this show. So, um, so I will not, I will not belabor that point. But, um, do you, is there anything else you want to add? Because I know you've got a few different cocktails of the month to share with the listeners. Is there anything you want to add before we move on to the cocktails of the month?
1: Um, you know, I, I think in general, um, just in the hard seltzer market, uh, I, I'm seeing more of the brands focus on education, which is really good. And, uh, you know, a study came out by YouGov in November that showed that um, essentially uh, in in our target demo, 18 to 24 year olds, only 16% of 18, 20 to 24 year olds knew about hard seltzer, and of that, uh, you know, 79% are recommending it. And this is, you know, granted it's a small uh, a small sampling and a small survey, but I think it's encouraging. Um, you know, a lot of the big brands were trying to jump on the hard seltzer bandwagon that they saw in the U.S., and they threw products into the market in the summer of 2021, uh, like Coca-Cola and. Heineken with pure piranha and 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 others without doing any marketing or any education behind it they just slapped it on the shelf and uh, so it sat there and while other brands like ours and and uh, like other brands such as ours and, and a lot of the craft brands really set out about educating the consumer and I think this year uh, moving into you know spring and summer 2022 you'll see some great products on the market and a lot of education and a lot of social media focus behind it so I, I think that the French market it is you know, kind of ripe and, and ready to explode.
0: Well, I would say that I think what I've seen, I agree with you there. So, so why don't you share with the listeners maybe some cocktails they could make with your product um, uh, so they can kind of jump on the bandwagon while, it, while it's exploding?
1: Great. Um, well, you know, our, we... There are some brands that are developed specifically for the cocktail mixing, uh, you know, for bars and and for mixing. Ours, you can do both. Um, We we actually like it just ice cold uh, on a hot day, um, but we do mix it with cocktails. And we've worked with a a couple of bars uh, regionally. Um, I think one of my favorites has been, uh, the, uh, citron, citron vert and basil, which is, uh, essentially six, um, six centiliters of vodka, uh, half of a lime, a couple of sprigs of, uh, of basil leaves and, uh, four centiliters of lemon juice. And you shake it over ice and you pour a half a can of our citron, citron vert on there and you can garnish it with basil and it's super, super refreshing. And, um you, I, I think my go-to cocktails are primarily vodka based. Everybody has their preference, but, uh, I also like, um, very, something very simple with our peach, uh, which is, uh, essentially six centiliters of vodka, um, a half a lime squeezed, uh, in a shaker, uh, three centiliters of cranberry, mix it with ice in the shaker, and, uh, Pour, uh, pour a half a can of peach, and it's a, it's super refreshing as well. Um, we've made mojitos with our citron, citron vert. Uh, we've made uh, margaritas with it. Um, wow. So, uh, with our mandarin uh, and mandarin uh, Grenad, um, we use uh, we've mixed it with uh, four centiliters of vodka, uh, two centiliters of Cointreau, uh, two centiliters of lime juice. Uh, a little, a dash of cane syrup, and three centiliters of cranberry. Uh, you mix that with ice, and uh, pour it over a half. Pour a half a can of uh, our mandarin and, and uh, pomegranate over it, and it's fabulous. So those are probably my, you know, our go-tos. But there, there are several ways to. You know, to create cocktails out of this, and it's super fun. Um, You can be simple with it. You can take the mandarin and mix it with a little martini red over ice, uh, which is also super refreshing. Um, And I've done that with Campari as well. So I think, you know, it's difficult to say which is uh, which is our our cocktail the month. I think all of those are are great ways to uh, to at least start out, and then you can explore from there.
0: Well, and I think that's great. I think there's nothing wrong with giving people a few options. So, um, so yeah, thank you. And what I'll do is, I will listen to this, and then I'll write. I'll put those recipes down in the show notes as well. If anybody wants to give them a go with with their, for a little hard seltzer cocktails.
1: Um, anything else that you want to add? Or, oh. Cool. Well, you can find uh, we have a mix of cocktails on our instagram which is uh, two palms at two palms hard seltzer and you'll see up in our stories there there are different cocktails that you can uh, you can explore there and you know tells you how to mix them what the ingredients are and actually shows a bartender pulling them together cool
0: is that the best place for people to maybe follow you on social media is instagram is there any place else where people can
1: follow, find you um, we're primarily Instagram-based. We do have a Facebook page, but uh, we don't use Twitter, um, so we're primarily uh, primarily Instagram.
0: Yeah, I don't think that many people use Twitter anymore. I mean, I think different industries do, but I, I'm, I'm not on there so much anymore myself, so uh, I'll be checking it out on Instagram instead. Thank you. So I think that's going to kind of bring it to a close for, the, for today. Thanks so much for coming in to talk to me. I appreciate the kind of extra knowledge on hard seltzer and especially the angle that you guys have from here in France. So thanks very much.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it and appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to kind of educate the consumers in your base.
0: And I also send some thanks out to World Radio Paris for editing and production, to Sun Little for the music that we use. And as I said, I'll put links to any of the the products or the things that we mentioned in the show that you might want to follow up on in the show notes. And uh, as usual, I do remind you to drink responsibly. And one last thing if you like what I'm doing, don't hesitate to go over and leave a review in iTunes or wherever you happen to listen to your podcasts uh, because I understand that's how people, other people, Uh, get to know about the show. And also it makes me know that I'm not just shouting into the void. So it would be great if you could do that. And until next time, cheers.